in this corner, weighing 198 pounds, currently the governor of the state of California, Gavin C. Newsom! And in this corner, weighing, well, more than we can calculate, but it's a lot because there are 24 Republicans, 10 no party preferences, 9 Democrats, 2 Green, and 1 Libertarian for a grand total of 46 contenders! This match will continue from now through September 14th when Californians will take to the polls for the final round as they cast their votes to determine who will be their governor! Can Gavin Newsom retain his governorship or will one of his opponents take over the leadership in Sacramento? You will make the final decision! Join us as we give today's guest a political workout as they prepare for the final round on Team Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election presented by America Matters Media and KFOY AM 1060. Well, hello, it's Mr. P here again. Um, boy, we are actually have a full schedule this week. I mean, we are really going after these uh, recall candidates one by one. And today, we have our first female recall candidate. And it's just great to have her on the air with us. Her name's uh, Jenny Ray LaRue. And um, we, we just wanted to let you know that wherever you're sitting at right now, Imagine that as our teen day political punching bag, because we got Faustina, Michael, and Beckett going to be giving you the old one-two today. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Take it away, you guys. Go, there you are. You're, it's all yours. Our first question for you is, in your opinion, Mrs. LaRue, what do you feel like is the biggest problem in California, and how do you see about going about fixing it? Yeah, the biggest problem is that people are fleeing California because they no longer believe that they have a future here. We can go later into some of the reasons why that is, but the data doesn't lie. For 170 years, California was growing. And last year, under Gavin Newsom, for the first time, after he slowed the growth, he actually reversed it. And we lost more people than came into the state. And if you have uh, any background in economics or any understanding of how growth and prosperity develop, 
population growth is the number one thing that you need. So our biggest problem is that people are leaving the state because they don't believe in it anymore. That's what I'm here to fix. Okay, um, how do you plan on fixing the homelessness in California? Yeah, right now California has about 50% of the United States homeless on our streets. So what that means is that we have both created an environment that is hospitable for the homeless, and we also haven't done anything to solve our homeless problem. Uh, so let me first just explain what Newsom has done. He has said he would spend $1 billion, then $4 billion, and this year $12 billion on homelessness. Two rounds of applause, as if spending money on homelessness is somehow a measure of success. But all that we've gotten is more homelessness. So my plan is called Spend Smarter. It's about addressing homelessness at the root cause, which is usually, for most of our homeless in California, substance abuse or mental health or both. And we do not have enough treatment facilities. We do not have enough funding. We do not have enough staffing. Um, and we don't have uh, anyone in the county offices that usually is out on the streets working with the homeless by name, by age, whether they're veterans or non-veterans and matching them with services that are available. We also don't have great support from our legal system. So we need to have backstop laws that basically say, look, you have to take these services, but you can't sleep here. Um, and so we need both together to fix the homelessness problem. How are you going to uh, help support the police and the uh riots how are you gonna keep those down great so uh, i met with police in my uh, early part of the campaign and i asked them what they wanted from a new governor one of them said a phone call so right now they feel unheard unwelcomed unsupported by our governor who is in sacramento and here's one of my just life rules if someone has taken an oath to lay down their life for other people. I honor them, I respect them, and I listen to them. And so that goes for our military, that goes for our law enforcement. And so um, what do I need to do? I, I need to show up at their meetings. I need to find out what they need. Um, and, and we've been in open conversation about that. Here's what the police are asking for in California. Uh, fewer crazy laws, number one. Right now we have a lot of laws, like we have one that's a $950 limit for making a stealing crime an actual crime. Otherwise, it's just a ticket. Um, and so they're, they're crazy because they get called out by someone who got something stolen from them. They go, they may even make an arrest and then they let the person go before the paperwork is even done. And that's really frustrating to our police, but they also feel like they don't have enough staff, which is true. Actually in 2008, California had more police than we do today. And they don't feel like they're supported from Sacramento. So um, I'm working already with our law enforcement officers to uh, develop a plan for how we can support them. And I think everyone's final concern is that we don't want bad police officers on the street. And that's what the police are talking about as well. Um, so we do need some independent reform for how we you know, evaluate and, um, and ultimately remove poor police officers from our police force. But our bigger issue is actually supporting the police on a day-to-day -day basis. Outstanding. So. Um... My next question and concern for you, Mrs. LaRue, is that um, it took four and a half months of worldwide COVID deaths to equal one day of worldwide deaths caused by abortion. Um, California is high on the list of the anti-life states. 
Um, is this a problem that concerns you and how are you going to go about fixing that issue? Yeah. So actually some specific, specific statistics with it, which I think have shocked many people around the state about uh, 200,000 abortions we have in California every year. And that uh, may seem like a big or a small number to you, but just in contrast, uh, we only have about 400,000 live births a year. So what that means is that about a third of the pregnancies in California every year end in abortion. That's, that's really tragic. Um, and I've walked on, you know, my side of the aisle, I have three kids. I also had two miscarriages. So I know um, what it's like to have kids and it's a big responsibility and I get that. Um, but what I'm really uh, worried about is that women are not presented with options or hope. So um, yeah, it's something that I can do something about within the current laws. Um, and that ultimately I'd love to see some of our um, system have different laws um, to, to change as well. But even within the current laws, we can help women who are teen moms um, complete high school if they decide to keep their babies or if they don't. Right now, the only message that they get is you will fail out of high school and fail out of life if you have a baby. Um, and we just spent a whole year doing virtual training um, with high schoolers. So guess what? We just figured it out, right? This is how you don't fail out of high school. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of communities that are, are not honestly stepping up to support potential teen moms or single moms in their communities. And I'd really like to see um, some better coordination of the services that are available in communities for moms. Okay. Um, it seems like the Second Amendment is really under attack in California right now. How do you plan on defending that right? Yeah, um, well, the second amendment is actually pretty clearly stated. It says, shall not be infringed, right? The right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Um, and so I, you know, I interpret that kind of in the very clear, basic way, but I'm also a data-driven person and I like to think about things from the opposite point of view. So my, my question to myself at the beginning of the campaign was, um, do you believe in the Second Amendment because it was written, you know, in the Constitution, or do you believe it because you think it's right? And I actually believe both. So uh, the reason that I, that I say that is that I've looked at the data and the information. We do have an increase in gun violence in the United States. That is, of course, really concerning to people. Um, but almost all, over 80% of the increase has come from suicide by firearm. And that's not a gun control issue that, especially not in California where we have a 10 day waiting period, for example, for every new gun purchased, um, you know, for somebody who already had a gun in their house, that doesn't save that life. But mental health and some of the other things that we need to be talking about, about right now would. So, um, so anyhow, yeah, I'm a firm supporter of the second amendment. I won't sign any laws in um, that are what I would call posturing laws. I mean, I'm just mad in general about the fact that a bunch of our laws are there to make people feel good that they don't actually do the right thing. And I think that gun control is an example of some of those. How are you going to uh, keep fire, fire, forest fires down by forest management? Yeah, well, I have a plan to manage a million acres in my first year. I'd like to do more, but give me a year, okay? And I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my best during that year. Um, look, I, I um, live in an area that's affected by wildfires, both by smoke and by the actual fires. Um, and in fact, three years ago, my husband and I lost a rental home in a forest fire. So we've gone through the process 
effects of, you know, evacuations um, from the home, of the home burning down, of going through the insurance process. And it was the first time that I actually started to ask questions about whether we could manage our forests better. Um, now, forestry professionals, have been telling us for years that we could and loggers have been telling us for years but it sounded like people who wanted to uh, eliminate the forests that were kind of talking about it but here's the thing um, there are three main ways right now that we can manage forests way better than what we have uh, number one is permitting for selective logging and you could do that on small or large landholds what that means is that you don't take down every tree but you reduce the density of the trees and you also reduce what are called ladder fuels like you basically take off lower branches of trees so that the fire cannot travel up and down a tree um, that can really help to reduce the intensity of the fires uh, the second thing that we can do is biomass recapture so you can take trees that have already burned and you can actually burn them again but capture hydrogen from them um, you can do that in a way that presents a, a gas option so then you can sell that hydrogen um, and right now we leave carbon emitting trees from forest fires in our forest that create future um, forest hazards. Um, and then the third thing that we can do once we have enough selective timbering um, and biomass treatment is that we can do some prescribed burning. Prescribed burning helps keep down new fuels in the forest floor, but you can't do prescribed burning if you're going to start a forest fire with a prescribed burn. So that's kind of step three of the process. Uh, anyhow, um, there's a lot that we can do and uh, we have 33 million acres of forest. So in California, a million acres a year isn't enough. It really should be two to even three, even four right now for what we need. But Gavin did 10,000 last year, so my million is going to beat him by a long shot. <laughs> um, now, what is your take on mask mandates and vaccine passports, Ms. Luru? Yeah. Yeah. So, in like, I have a philosophical and a practical view, okay? Um, so my philosophical view is that vaccine and mask mandates are, you know, um, they should be left up to the individual, the choices um, to mask or to, um, or, or to vaccinate. Um, what I think we're seeing in the courts and specifically with my legislature in California is that what I'm going to be able to do is have no statewide vaccine mandates and no statewide passports for vaccines and no statewide mask mandates. Um, but I think it is likely that at the business level that a business could say you have to come in with a mask or you can't come in and that that will be permitted by our courts um, and that that will be supported by our legislature. And so um, I expect to remove one layer of what I would consider to be um, extra government interference that's not helpful and supportive and restore local control. But there will be some likely mask and even at the unit level vaccine mandates in California. Um, ultimately, though, I believe in philosophical exemptions are even stronger than religious or uh, than medical exemptions for vaccines. And they don't require people to violate their conscience if they're not religious or if they, uh, you know, just don't want to have the vaccine now, but they might be open to it in a year. Um, and I've been really concerned by what I would consider to be, um, you know, uh, First Amendment infringements on those kinds of exemptions as well in the process. So um, COVID is serious. A lot of people are really worried about it, but we often trade our liberty when we're fearful and we have to be really cautious about doing that. Um, that would bring up my next question about during the COVID lockdowns, one of the things that most upset me was that I wasn't allowed to go to mass for three months, including Easter 2020. 
And I kind of felt like that was a violation of my First Amendment um, rights. Would you, if you were governor during then, would you have felt like that had justified the cause of keeping everyone safe, or would you have allowed that to also be left up to the citizen's choice? Yeah. Um, look, I, I actually really believe that one of the things that's the most American uh, of our entire system is liability protection. When you basically say to people, you can engage in an activity that is risky at your own risk. And um, that's how I would have handled COVID and how I would be, you know, have a preference of handling it now. Um, and that's how you can protect businesses that want to be open, churches that want to be open, schools that want to be open. Um, again, that doesn't mean that I can can or necessarily should go all the way to the other direction to say a church must be open. Right. And that's kind of what I think people are concerned about. They see Newsom with these lockdowns and then they see a governor like Ron DeSantis, who I really admire. But in this situation, he's kind of scaring people because he's basically saying, like, you have to open and you can't mandate these kind of closures or these kind of maskings. And that's worrying people as well. And so, you know, I don't believe in fear as a management tool. And so I believe in leaving people's choices up to themselves. And if a church wanted to be open, I would have had them open um, by those liability protections because they needed to know, um, you know, people, people did know that they were engaging in potentially risky behavior, but we often do that for other things. And uh, we, we've managed pretty well uh, with our liberty for a long time. Um, how do you plan on co combating a voter fraud? Well, in this election, I've encouraged people to do a number of things. First, to sign up to work at the polls. Last year, we had 90% of our poll workers that were Democrats, whereas only 46% of our registered voters in California are Democrats. Um, and so, that, you know, that needs to be more balanced. It needs to be more reflective of our voter pool. We needed more independents and more uh, Republicans voting. We also, I think, um, have encouraged people to be poll watchers in California. In many precincts, they only allow you to watch for 15 minutes at a time, but having people in the precincts watching the activities of the poll workers, that provides kind of an extra layer of security. We've also recommended that um, the county levels uh, ask for hand count audits after the election so that we can match up the ballots that were received and the ballots that were counted. Um, so that's what we can do for this election. After this election, we have a major problem with our voter rolls. Um, in fact, I, I got 11 um, ballots at my house from people that don't live there anymore. Right? If I were not honest, guess how many extra votes I would have, right? And so you, you have to be really concerned about the fact that especially in an all-mail-in state or a mail-in state where you don't have to show ID to get a mail-in ballot, like California, um, that, that we uh, need to have our voter rolls with integrity. And so um, I, I will focus on having each county update their voter rolls over the next year before the 2022 election. Uh, then in the longer term, there are voter registration and voter um, like actual you know authentication um, rules that I think could be helpful in California. But again, some of we have to think sometimes about what's philosophically right. You know, and my husband is from South Africa. In South Africa, they put their finger in an ink pot when they vote. And you can't, you have to vote in person with an idea and you have to use the ink pot and you can't do it more than once. And so, um, you know, there's, there are extra layers of security for early democracies that are like that. South Africa hasn't even been a democracy for a full 20 years. Um, so is that right? 
10 years for they've been for 20 years not for a full 30 years um and so so anyhow it you know there are things that we can and should be talking about in the future but they'll, they'll happen progressively um small businesses are under attack in california how are you going to help small businesses if you become governor i run a business and you know, one of the reasons that I'm running is that there are only three business owners out of 120 legislators in California. And so they make rules that don't actually make any sense for business. And I felt like we need more business people to run for office so that we're represented um, in, in those conversations. Uh, what, what do I want to do? Number one, reduce the regulation on businesses. New regulation? No. Old regulation, also probably no. So there's some regulation that I'd like to repeal. AB5 is one of the rules that classified people that even worked part-time for businesses as employees instead of independent contractors. Um, we already had a ruling from the federal government and the IRS for how that should be classified and California just took it one step further, uh, which really punishes businesses and makes it hard for them to use people, especially in growth phases. Uh, the second thing is um, fees. So our fees right now to register a business in California are $800. Uh, the median in the United States is 50. Many states are nine or 10 a year. Uh, and for our $800, you don't get an espresso, a back rub and a puppy. You get the same terrible service that you do at all of the other places in our state government. And so I would like to both improve the service and reduce the fees. Um, and then the final thing is business taxes. Our business taxes are actually a really small portion of our revenues in California, but the percentage that our businesses pay is out of line with other states. And so uh, we need to reduce those so that uh, we, we have a um, in-line business fee. We basically need to take away reasons for people to leave the state um, as business people. And the final thing that I'll do just has nothing to do with laws and policy, but I want to start a Made in California series where once a week we feature a business that's thriving in California. Um, and a lot of people have not been talking favorably about business in California. So I want to talk about how important business is to us and how valuable businesses are here. Um, my next question is about education in California. Okay. Is there a way that you are seeing that you can help reform education so that students get um, more bang for their buck? Yeah, teachers want reform, parents want reform, and students want reform. So I'd say this is one thing that we can all agree on. And uh, one of the things that's really exciting is that this isn't a Democrat or Republican issue. This is an issue of our future. Uh, so yes, I do have a plan for education reform. Um, my plan is called Smarter Schools. And the focus of the plan is really introducing and expanding STEM education throughout our schools um, and focusing on an increase in vocational and apprenticeship training. Training. What we need our schools to do, our public schools, the purpose of them, why we fund them is to train the workforce of the future. And right now we're number 40 in the country. So we're not really training anybody in anything. Um, and, and so we need to start with high school education and then we need to move backwards. If we have people building rockets in high school, what do they need in middle school? Um, and if we have them, you know, coding apps in middle school, what do they need in elementary school? And um, we are fighting about kind of you know indoctrination curriculum which is a fair fight uh, we should be fighting about it but really the overall conversation needs to be zoomed up a level which is like is this indoctrination curriculum or whatever it happens to be going to bring us to number one in schools if not then it doesn't even matter let's have the real conversation that we need to have um so a lot of my focus is on curriculum in uh, 2022 there's a ballot 
proviso that's coming up in the focus for that is on making sure that we have school choice going forward. Uh, that will ensure continual curricular development. That's good. How are your fundraising efforts coming? Good. Um, look, I'm one of the top fundraisers in the race. And last month I had my top fundraising month. Um, and, you know, Gavin Newsom is kind of a popular guy to fundraise against. So I've really enjoyed that. There's a lot of people that think he's not good for California and that his ideas are bad for America as well. So um, I, I've found a lot of support all over the state and the country. Um, and my support has been both broad. So I have a lot of supporters and um, really deep. I have a, a large number of um, big supporters, but I have no special interest money all of my funding has come directly from individuals that believe in me and believe in the campaign that's great are you going to be doing any rallies in the following week leading up to the election where people can see and meet you yeah so i have um i have the locations published both on facebook and on my website uh, tomorrow we're doing um a uh, tour of different beaches in Los Angeles and Orange County. Um, and so we have a number of different tour stops. It's a parade of cars. We'll jump out. It's kind of fun. We've got a violinist and a break dancer. They'll introduce me and then I'll speak afterwards. And, um, you know, I have a really positive message. I believe California can be great is on its way um, right now down the wrong path. And we will lose people if we don't do something urgently. Um, but I don't believe that California is doomed. And I don't talk negatively about other people just the same way that I have it on this call. So um, that really resonates with folks when we get a chance to meet them. Um, we also have a number of different events and rallies over the, the following um, eight days leading up to the election. And um, people can meet me on Zoom if you want. So if anybody hears this and wants to, you know, bring me on or introduce me or have me come and visit, if it fits in with my schedule, great. If not, I do a lot on Zoom as well. What is the best way for people to contact you? Yeah, uh, reach out to us by email, hello at jennyrayca.com or visit our website. We have a tab on there called Share Your Ideas. And so you can tell us what you think should be fixed in California and how to contact you. Um, you can also send us a message through any one of our social platforms. Our handle for those is jennyrayca. And we're on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Um, and so we love to... Um, you know, kind of share our ideas on some of the more social channels. And we have a bunch of viral videos on those that where people have just heard the message and said, yes, that's what we need. We need a plan. We need data. And we also need really great ideas for leadership. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Mrs. LaRue. And to our listeners, remember that broadcasting is not the only thing my brothers and I do. We also own our own family website. Check us out at industriousfamily.com to discover our party theme ideas, free coloring pages, book and movie reviews, and our own movie making company, plus so much more. Once again, that's industriousfamily.com. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to our Teen Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election presented by America Matters Media and KFOY AM 1060. America Matters Media is proud to support the mission of Teen Day, a community educational program for teens interested in pursuing broadcast careers. We'd like to thank our featured guests who appeared on our show. The views and opinions expressed on today's program are those of the persons appearing on this program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Teen Day, their sponsors, nor their affiliates. Information regarding candidates and the 2021 recall election can be found on calmatters.org. 
You can visit our Teen Day Broadcast Facebook page for assignments, events, activities, and our on-demand version of today's broadcast. Until then, our next guest is preparing for the old one-two punch that we are waiting for them on Teen Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election.